Welcome to Scriptures for Life, a ministry of Trinity Evangelical Free Church in Boise, Idaho. In a troubled world riddled with endless pursuits, we have a place of peace and rest in Jesus Christ. We invite you to join us in worshiping Him and following Him in a life-transforming journey. Now, here's my friend Mark to introduce today's sermon. Good morning. Trinity Evangelical Free Church in Boise, Idaho welcomes you. In Joshua, we learn true courage comes through Christ the Lord and the Holy Spirit. When do we hear and listen to the Word of God? Once a week? Only on Sundays? Do we know when the Holy Spirit speaks to us? Joshua walked closely with God, so when the Lord spoke through his Spirit, Joshua heard. Walking close is learned through studying his Word. We are to seek the Holy Spirit's direction. What does it mean to be strong and courageous? We use words, we may call them churchy words, or we may have a common vocabulary that we toss around, and it may be even a saying, oh, that's an inside joke that you've got to know before you enter the conversation. And we allow a lot of these thoughts and ideas to float, and whether we understand them or not, we move along and stop paying attention. Things like be strong. What does it mean to be strong? We looked at that last week. How many times have we seen people that were built? A lot of muscles. They could lift 300 pounds. And then they got knocked out by the little kid, skinny as a stick. That strength that he had was not the knowledge of defense or standing up for himself in a way. How do you, dis- how do you define strong people? Strong in character. We know all about strong-willed kids, right? They're the ones that rule the family. Nap time, the world revolves around that time because they're strong-willed. What does it mean to be strong? God tells Joshua the same thing that Moses told Joshua. You've got to be strong and courageous. We touched upon this last Sunday in the idea, understanding that strength begins... With the filling of the Holy Spirit. It's not the kind of strength that we expect. And many people in the world that do not know God live out. That's not the kind of strength God is looking at. You may be strong in body, but very weak in spirit. That's where Jesus comes in to say, Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. What does that mean? That humility that lives beyond yourself And sees God is much more than your imagination. That humility that is willing to learn and repent and follow, be forgiven and forgive. Same thing here. This strength, understanding this, this strength has to deal with those around me. Be strong because you will cause these people to inherit. The way your heart holds on to God's Word leaves a legacy behind you. That strength begins with the Holy Spirit being filled, indwelt, and then filled. The same Holy Spirit that filled the Lord Jesus in the miracles all the way to the resurrection. Then we saw that strength builds itself through obedience. The more obedient you are with humility the more strength the Lord begins to deposit in your life, that when you need it, you realize it as if stepping outside of yourself. Where did that come from? How come I'm still standing? It's not something you can imagine or build through. It's something that God gives you. For when I am weak, He is strong. 
Now, we're called in this second part of the chapter to understand what it means to stand victoriously in God's Word. Not just to walk in victory as the first part of the chapter, but to stand not cowering, not debating, not wondering, not thinking, boy, have I taken the wrong path all of my life, standing strong. And the nucleus of the strength, as we see in the following verses, is the Word of God. Well, is it that simple? Yes, and that difficult as well. Because it's the one thing that we rarely touch, rarely read. There's people in church today that haven't touched the Word of God until they heard it on Sunday morning. It sounds good, it's attractive, we want it, but from Monday till Saturday night, our schedules are packed with the things we want. And then we wonder why we're so weak. Be strong. And then he tells them, be courageous. Well, how does one become courageous? I remember when I did my first skydive, The one thing that the instructor told me is, don't look down. Look at me. Look at the wing and look at the sky. Don't look down until you're in midair. There's something to say about that. Because when we step and we deal with situations in life, our head's spinning. We look for friends. We fear the enemies. We wonder what God is. And there's no courage. What is this courage? What does it mean? What kind of a dynamic power? Is it like a nuclear power that constantly, quietly lets you stand no matter what? Be strong for these people. But how am I to be courageous? We're promised. We've lived it. We've seen it. What we read in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. That promise that Paul tells young Timothy, a young pastor, surrounded by troubled, troubled times and problematic teachers, false teachers. He is timid. Paul tells him, listen, don't be afraid. For God gave us a spirit. God did not give us a spirit of fear. What is in you, if you're truly born again, within you, the presence of the Holy Spirit, there's this kind of strength that is superhuman. He did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power. Power you can rely on, tap on, in the Word. And later we'll see how that is brought up from the depths of your heart. What it means to speak it, to meditate, to think it, to live it. Yeah, it's good to have a lot of oil, but we're still dependent on other nations because we're not tapping into it. We've become the laughing stock of the world, having so much oil and so many natural wealth within our land. But guess what? We're not touching it like many Christians today. You've got the Word of God. But it takes a trip once a week from the shelf to church, back to the shelf. That's where God tells Joshua, listen, you've got to be strong and courageous, and I'm going to tell you how. It's not a self-will situation. It's not, okay, I'm going to be courageous now. No, no. There's a tapping, there's a digging that opens it up and it begins to fill you. We've got the spirit of power and of love and self-control. We need to be self, need to be strong and courageous. We've got this tendency always to be afraid of the unknown. 
The one thing that drew me to start skydiving was because I was afraid of heights. I'm like the kind of person that when you come to the edge of a mountain or, or, or a building, something pulls me. I want to jump, but I'm afraid to jump. So I said, I've got to defeat this fear. And so I got thousands of jumps defeating that fear. We fear the unknown. The other thing I'm afraid of are snakes. And you see people handling snakes. And my question is, what do you know that I don't? Because there's lots of things I know about skydiving and parachutes and gravity and all the things it takes. And therefore, I was able to deal away with that fear. What is it I don't know about snakes that I need to know so I won't be afraid of them anymore? Same idea. You fear things in life. And God comes along and he's not just saying, hello, how are you? Have a good day by saying, be strong and courageous. There's something to it. Within that command, there's also a provision. Be courageous. You fear the unknown, but God knows all things, and He knows you, and He knows where He placed you, and He knows what's coming up, and He built you in a certain way to deal with that unknown. We fear shame. That's why people don't speak in public. They're afraid not to make a shame of themselves. Or you don't try new things because you you don't want to be ashamed. We fear failure. Ultimately, we fear evil In, in the face of all these things. Be strong. Be courageous. We're only commanded to fear God. That's the beginning of wisdom. Something has to deal with that. That wisdom of knowing who God is and what it means that God is love. And what God has commanded, He sustains. We're commanded to fear God. When we fear God, someone said, you'll fear nothing else. But when you don't fear God, you'll feel everything else. Our tendency in every situation that we deal with is that we want to embrace security. A lot of wives live their lives that way. They love security. And everyone comes along, they want to make sure that, do I have a paycheck next month? Do I got a house next year? We, wanna, we think that we rest in peace when there's security provided. We want to embrace security and, and we cower in the shadows of safety. And that's why we want to live within our own box, ideas and patterns. And here's Joshua about to be pushed into a world that he has not seen except those few days of spying it out. He's seen the giants. He's seen the blessings. He, he, he's lived 40 years. They, for 40 years, they knew you get up, you eat manna, you move on. You follow the, you follow the, the cloud. You, you go to bed, you get up, you pick manna. You get used to that ritual. That's why we say that saying, better the devil you know than the devil you don't know. So you'll accept these situation, circumstances, and you're not strong. Joshua is about to be pushed into a whole new realm, not just for himself, but for the whole nation. You are not on this earth for yourself only. The way you live, your courage, your strength affects people in your life. Look at Matthew chapter 10, verse 26. See, when you're set free, when you seek the kingdom of God first, and you realize that you're just a pilgrim, as Peter repeats over and over again, we're just sojourners, we don't belong here. We own nothing here. There's nothing that we can lose. You're set free from the things on earth. There's nothing to fear. And look at the way Jesus strengthens and tells the disciples to be courageous. 
And we hear that echo from God to Joshua, from the Lord to the disciples to us in Matthew 10. So have no fear of them. You will have to go. I send you as sheep among wolves and they will incarcerate you. You will be persecuted. But at that time, have no fear. It doesn't seem to make sense in a human way. How am I not going to fear when I'm going to be in chains? Here's why you should not fear. In other words, be courageous. For nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. In other words, God is still in control. When they're trying to shut your mouth, do not be afraid. God will uncover it. God is controlling. In the book of Revelation, we talk about the church being given a door that God will open that no one can close. A door of opportunity, of ministry, of standing victoriously on the word. When, what I tell you in the dark, he says, verse 27, you got to say it in the light. Don't whisper it. Don't be a closet Christian. Uh, don't try to blend in to the point where you're no different than the world. What you're learning in here, you must say it in the light. Jesus is Lord. Have that kind of courage. What you hear whispered, you got to proclaim it from the housetops. Be courageous, for you hold the truth, and that truth will set people free. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear Him, meaning God. Recognize your circumstance and situation. People can only deal with you on the, on the, on the temporary they can affect you here and now for a year, two, or even this life, but not eternity. He, fear Him who can destroy both body and soul in hell. You see, since we've been redeemed, since we have eternal life, we have nothing to fear. Be courageous. Courageous like John the Baptist to stand for the truth. From the River Jordan, he would preach out against Herod. And the sin within the palace. He was courageous to stand for the truth. Courageous to get out of the boat like Peter. Lord, I believe you. I want to follow you. But if it's you standing up there on water, command me to come to you. And the Lord said, come. Be careful what you pray for. Be courageous. You have to leave people behind. You've got to make different decisions. You've got to be surrounded by waves. But you've got to keep your eye on the Lord Jesus. Be courageous to get up and get out. Courageous to preach the truth like Stephen. Best sermon the apostles have ever given up to that point. The last sermon. Because as he was preaching, he wasn't getting any amens. All the Pharisees and the priests... And all those in the, in, 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 the, in the temple that came out to hear him preach, they would gnash their teeth and there was fire in their eyes. And they were looking for the closest, nearest rock they could pick. And Stephen kept on preaching. Oh, how many people will stand up and preach and teach what will make people feel good and secure their salaries? Not here. Not ever. Be courageous. Because the truth sets people into God's freedom, not man's. Be courageous to go where no one wants to go. And we see this example in the courage to preach. Look at Matthew 10, 19. 
Same idea from before. What will I preach? What will I say? When they're going to come for you, as they started in Canada, Australia, let alone speak of China, but let's talk about what we call the free countries, what will you say? Right here. When they deliver you over, when they arrest you, when you're being persecuted, Jesus says, do not be anxious. Don't be afraid. In other words, be courageous. What you're about to speak, or what you're about to say, why? Because you're not going to be alone. You're not alone now, nor will you be alone tomorrow. For what you are to say will be given to you in that hour, in that moment, at that time, in that circumstance. It's the Holy Spirit that will be the one speaking through you. Courage to preach. Courage to witness. To stand for the gospel. The truth of Scripture. Denomination, not a church, not a thought, but the Word of God. Look at Acts chapter 4, verse 11, where Peter and John, they're living courageously. They're told not to speak, not to preach, not to talk about this Jesus. As they were speaking, the priests and the captains of the temple came upon them, greatly annoyed, and they told them, By what power, by what name did you do this? Then Peter circled the word, filled. Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them. That's the one part that we rush over. Doesn't matter what denomination. Whether Baptist, Pentecostal, doesn't matter. So few really understand what it means to be filled with the Spirit. And that's where that courage comes from. Relying on Him, being obedient to Him, no matter what the consequences. At that moment, at that hour, the Spirit filled Him. And He said, let it be known to you all and the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified... Whom God raised from the dead. That's what you did. Here's what God had planned by him, by this man. Is this man standing before you well healed? Now, courage to witness, courage to preach. How about having the courage beginning to pray now? Beginning to pray that God gives you the courage and prepares you to suffer. Do we know what this Christianity looks like? Christians called to suffer, to lose their livelihood, lose their homes, even lose your friends. Called to have the courage to suffer because you will not let go of Jesus. And before we talk about having a noose around your neck, Jesus or death, to the point where you say, no, I stand on the principles and the teaching of the scripture because Jesus is my Lord. Can we say that? And suffer the consequences. Stephen, he believed the truth. He stood up before the people. He preached the truth. And he suffered the truth. And at that point, he prayed in grace that God would forgive those that were about to take his life. How about the courage beyond suffering in the here and now, today, this afternoon, the courage to help? How about that Samaritan? On the road where this man fell by all of these thieves in a world today where we're surrounded by crime, the courage to help and placing your own life in danger because you're about to help someone. The danger of your reputation, the danger of your own 
household or money or whatever it may be, or wealth. The courage to lose it all because you're about to help someone. Do we have that kind of courage? This man that risked his life to stop. If we're honest, very few have the courage today. If you see somebody that has a flat on the road or their hood or the car is up and the car is steaming, do you have the courage to stop that the Lord may use you in one way or another? Or you think, well, my taxes, my money goes to the state. Cops should stop and they should help them out. I got no time. How many times have you driven by a, by a homeless person or someone who's broken down and the Holy Spirit was ever so lightly tapping you? And you're like, oh, I got to go. I can't. I wish I could. The courage to change somebody's day because you're about to help. He risked his life to help. He even risked his money. He went to that innkeeper and said, listen, here's some money. And if it costs more, I'll come back and give you everything you need. Just help this man. Be strong. Be strong in the Word. Be strong in your faith. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong as you're filled with the Holy Spirit so you could have the courage to change somebody's life. How do we do all this? Be strong and courageous. Verse 6, Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause these people to inherit the land. But this land is the one that I tied myself to when I swore to their fathers to give them. First principle and promise as we stand on the word is that God provides a guiding strength, a guiding fortitude, something that is birthed from the word within the heart as we rest on his promise that God made a covenant. So my strength is not coming from my own will, my own ideas. I got an idea, let's build a ministry. No, it's a promise God made that now he's calling you that in partnership with him, you can see blessings flow through you in the lives of others because you need to cause them to inherit it. Only two of you believed in God's promise 40 years ago. The two of you are here. Everyone that was 19 and younger or 20 and younger died in the desert. All this new generation, all they've known, they've only known desert. They've never seen a river, never seen water, let alone grapes and all that good stuff. All they know is dust. And you're about to take them to a place to live a whole different life. Talk about change. You got to be strong and courageous because they don't have it. They're stiff-necked people. Don't be afraid. What a call to ministry. There's a guiding fortitude. There's a strength provided only by resting, trusting, loving enough to believe enough His promise. For you shall cause. Other translations, the phrase is, you shall give or you shall divide. There's that presence and wisdom where blessings are parted out that others' lives would be enhanced because of your faithfulness as you're leading people in your relationship. You won't lead people closer to Christ than you alone are close to Him. You may feel the Lord's call to new things as you lean on His Word. 
Yet everything of the Lord tells us we have nothing to fear of the earth, of man. We've been set free in Jesus to do the Lord's will. You'll be challenged to do things differently as you focus on Christ alone. Jesus is with you as an encourager, just as he was when Peter stepped out of the boat in a storm and walked through Jesus on the water. We receive courage through the Holy Spirit to stand up, speak, teach, preach the truth of the Lord, even as friends leave and change. We're not fearful of anything of the earth, because we're not alone. In the hour of our need, the Holy Spirit will be there. The words we speak will be through the Spirit's power. Thank you for listening to Scriptures for Life, a ministry of Trinity Evangelical Free Church in Boise, Idaho. For more information about our church, visit us online at trinityefcboise.org or by phone 208-322-8801. Our church is located at 1777 North Allenbaugh Street in Boise. We'd love for you to join us for Sunday worship at 11 a.m. Join us next week at this time as we go through and apply God's Word on Scriptures for Life.